Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the new series we're doing on New Japan Strong. I am here. I'm your host, Jameis Mooney. I'm here with the current and inaugural UWN Heavyweight Champion, the former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, the gatekeeper of Beyond Wrestling, one of the top wrestlers on the independent scene, and one of the stars of New Japan Strong, the Dirty Daddy. Chris Dickinson, how are you today, Chris? Wow, I'm I'm good. You know, I'm the I'm good. I'm good. That was a that was a nice introduction. Thank you. Uh, I've been practicing it for a couple of days now. <laughs> Probably <laughs> should say that on air, but we can edit it out. No, that's cool. That's um, cool. I like it. The gatekeeper. <laughs> The gate, the Dude, gate you, you're, you've been a staple and beyond for as long as I've watched it. Yeah. I've been, Everybody I'm, that comes to that show. Yeah. I've, see I've, that indie. I've been, uh, I've been a part of beyond wrestling since 2009. It was just, uh, it was just something for a group of wrestlers from different parts of the country that knew people that were all kind of connected together from like backyard wrestling and from people meeting each other through that and guys who used to do all this backyard wrestling stuff. I wasn't involved in any of it. And then I just got asked after beyond wrestling was started to go do the, one of these tapings. Do you want to go wrestle in Ohio? This is like 2009. I wasn't really doing anything at all. Like, you know, I was trying, you know, around that time, but yeah. And then uh, a couple months went by, I remember. And then we, me and a group of other guys that this one wrestler asked that was, like, involved, the new the guy, Drew, who runs Beyond Wrestling, was putting it together and organizing it. Then I went, and then that was the first time. And, uh, that yeah, that was 2009. So Beyond Wrestling grew substantially over the years. Had, had like, some serious growth spurts and periods and stuff. It was cool. Yeah, so before we get into your career with New Japan, you are, anybody who follows you on Twitter knows that you are heavily influenced by 90s Japanese wrestling. Yeah. What was your introduction to that style of wrestling? So I'd like to really, I guess, look back exactly on it because I have before. Obviously, you saw bits and pieces given to you. How old are you? I'm 20. Oh, you're you're like a oh my god, you're you're a kid. All right. Well, when <laughs> when I was eight, nine, ten, eleven years old during that time period, if you watched TV wrestling, if you discovered ECW somehow, or late nights, if you, nights, if you followed all of it. And sometimes in the magazines you'd see a you'd see a Japanese wrestler or that was being used yeah. somehow in, in WCW. So like you'd see Yuji Nagata, or you'd see Ultimo Dragon, you'd see Jushin Liger. You'd you'd see the names of things, but like the internet was still kind of like I don't know. I was like a, you're like a, a ten you're like an eleven year old kid with a computer, you know. Search engines weren't really a thing yet. They were like starting kind of, I remember. It wasn't like you just typed in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe you could, I don't remember. But I, I do remember just, be, you know, growing up seeing things 
and all these different places because of WCW, ECW, or WWF name dropping these things, or you'd see a clip of something, or, or know, something there, like Brill after putting it in the magazine. It, yes, there and there, but there is no real way of going back on it. But I do remember like the great Muda from WCW and like Masahiro. I'll never yeah. forget Mas, seeing Masahiro Chono for the first time. Uh, I remember that. And I remember him being in WCW versus the world, the video game. And that was like a big yeah. deal. And I remember he was the first person I actually picked the first time I played the game in this kid's house that lived across the street from me when I was a little kid and he had the game. I'll never forget it. But how did I get in the nineties Japanese wrestling? It was like, uh, around 2001, 2001. I was like really super hardcore into wrestling a lot. I was like the, the biggest mark. It was, you know, going, and then we had a wrestling, a, a cart, like a kiosk in my mall where they sold RF videotapes. There was like a regular one that sold like wrestling memorabilia and stuff. Then it was an RF video one and they would sell all the VHS tapes there of different things, all Japan pro wrestling, new Japan pro wrestling, all that shit. So that was like around the same exact time I went to an indie show on Staten Island in this place called Sports Fest, it was for UCW, which became ICW, which like you know, it was it was like one of the main indies in the area of New York, and it, it was the first time I'd gone to other indie shows before and stuff like yeah. that. But but not but like all like more like ECPW probably stuff like that for anybody that even knows what that is, but. Uh, this was the first time I saw, like, Amazing Red and Low Key and the Hit Squad and like a the lot of years of independence. The current up and coming, what was going on? And I met some kids. I met an older kid that night that knew my fr- another friend of mine that was there, and he, I was with another friend, and it was basically a big group of us that all ended up backyard wrestling together, and. Everyone was really into like indie wrestling, and that's when I found out what Jersey All Pro Wrestling was because of this other older kid, and he had a car, so he was able to like drive us to go see a show in Bayonne, New Jersey, which is like right over the bridge from where I grew up. So this, so we started going to these shows, and then RF Video, you'd see the, the vendors would be at all these different shows. So at the, around the same time, probably even before this time, I think the first actual Japanese wrestling, anything I ever really saw or, or bought a tape of a Japanese wrestling show was FMW. Cause FMW, nice. FMW had a, had like a distribution deal to sell um, their, it's just, just to sell like their VH, they like their, their content over here edited into like these videos and they sold, they made like a, they had like a series of VHS tapes that they released and they were all like, had different matches on them and, and different guys. And, you know, one of them was like the, they had the classic fucking Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, thing, you know, thing on it. And, and then I saw people were like into it and they would sell it in like, you know, the mall store, like, there used to be a store called Saturday Matinee, and that's where like they used to sell a lot of wrestling and cool movies and anime and things like that. And uh, I remember buying my first FMW tape, and the first match was Masao Tanaka versus Mr. Pogo. Nice. That was probably the first '90s wrestling match 
Jap- proper 90s Japanese wrestling match I ever saw was Masato Tanaka versus Mr. Pogo. And then uh, that obviously just like I was really into the presentation of all of that on the FMW tape. And I and I and that was when I, I, I also another big thing was Rob Van Dam's website. I used to be a huge mark for Rob Van Dam. I used to write Rob Who, Van who was it? I used to write Rob Van Dam fan mail when he was just an ECW. I'm serious because of his website. I was like, and he, I was just a mark for Rob Van Dam. And on Rob Van Dam's website, Rob Van Dam's website, he had a, a, a section where he talked about video games. And he talked about how him and Sabu were in this Japanese wrestling game called Fire Pro Wrestling. And I was like, Rob Van Dam and Sabu were in a video game. This was even before ECW yeah. Hardcore Revolution came out. So I was like, whoa, like, what is this game? And he, there was a picture of it. And then he put a link to the website where you could buy it. And it was called Fire Pro Wrestling G. And that was the first time I bought a Fire Pro Wrestling game. And that was like 1999. It had to be like 1999 because that was when the game like first came out. And I waited like months for it to come. And that was when, you know, you get the game and you start looking up on the internet stuff about the game. But it's like the whole catch of the game is that you have all the wrestlers from different companies in the same game, WWF uh, and WCW. But, you know, then a big thing was you there. there's New Japan, All Japan. There's fucking Mitch. Well, this is when I got Fire Pro G. I actually have my copy of it. My original copy of it, I have it like displayed on my uh hello, I have it displayed on my thing. I don't know if you could flip the camera, but I have I'll just uh, show it to you. This is the game. So I got this game. Dude, and, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I got this game <laughs> and and the, and the, and it's like, you know, you see all these companies and it's all in Japanese. So you look up the translations to translate it into yeah. English because you could translate it into English. And then you're like, well, what's new? All the, you see the whole New Japan roster. You see the whole All Japan roster. You see Michinoku Pro Wrestling. Then there's like, it's called IW. It was FMW. There was uh, a section of like shooters and stuff like that. And it was like the first, a lot of it, me doing the translations would be me learning all of these guys' names, even if I particularly never saw them wrestle because I just saw them in the video game. And then I started going to the indie shows. Then I started buying more and more of the the videotapes and learning what all that stuff was. And my friends were doing it too. So we were all like kind of, I remember at the same time, we all kind of discovered what all 90s, like all Japan pro wrestling was. That's awesome. I I bought, I remember on highspots.com, I spent like I bought like a whole ton of all Japan pro wrestling tapes. It was like all Japan. I have them all still. They're all here. I think and, you can still uh, do that, actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I have them all here. And uh, it, it would be like all Japan pro wrestling TV, March '93 to like July '93. And I'd get like each tape of each fucking part of. I pick a year and buy all that, and I would just start watching all Japan pro wrestling. And that was like how I did. I remember the first all Japan pro wrestling tape I bought had. Like the match with Kenta Kobashi and the big boss man on it. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Ooh, I have. It's been a while, but I have. Yeah. Uh, so it was real. That's what really got me so into it. And then it was like, you know, in the, on those tapes, there'd maybe be like a music video or a compilation video of like a bunch of shit. And you'd see, oh, what's, what's Torimon? Or what's, 
what's what's this and you know and, and you just started learning what it all was about i started learning what it all was about buying more videotapes and just collecting tapes george mayfield another he's still alive and he's still he was a vendor at well, that show where Tremont exploded himself or whatever. He was there. Uh, that was yes, he's he's still around. I used to buy a lot of tapes off this guy, George Mayfield. He used to take people to Japan on trips to go race to do that scout. He had all the footage. Uh, yeah, I was just really into the videotapes. And then when the torrent files <clears throat> started years later. Like I was so into pro wrestling, Noah. I, this is going to be like to sound like the nerdiest fucking thing ever, but I would get the torrent files of like an entire tour of the TV, and I would convert it into DVD for myself. And I would like talk to some wrestlers, and and if because I was obviously like a becoming a wrestler too, I was a wrestler too, and, yeah. and I, I would like you start training in O two, right? I would send like the new the Noah guys their matches, like you know the the Americans like Bobby Fish. Yeah, and I, I was just a fucking mark, and uh, I watched so much of that shit. And then, but then there was like there was periods of time where I I really fell out of it. I wasn't really following or being a fan for, for and it was you know there was there were some times like that, and that was, those are the times when I really you know maybe. I wasn't enjoying myself from wrestling. I, you know, a lot of things happened and a lot of things just, you know, I really started watching it so much again and really re-falling in love with it, re-appreciating it, understanding it so much more and so much better after having done it myself or tried to do something, you know, some tried to do pro wrestling for years, you know, finally, eventually going back and watching a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Felt like all in love with it again and, love it more than ever honestly i think it's... going to wrestle in japan and actually experiencing that like you know that was uh also an incredible experience that was my dream for the longest fucking time my number one goal so that just made it even yeah even more special made me love japanese wrestling so much more and really appreciate how i got into it you know what i mean it's so weird to as you said, go back and watch stuff with a different eye later because the more you study, the more the more you dive into wrestling, the more you look at small things like footwork or something like that of each wrestler as opposed yeah. to what they're doing or yeah. how, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well that's well that's what they're doing, you know. I mean you know and footwork is such a great thing to look at too, and guys. I was funny, I was just watching I watched this match a couple of I watched Masato Tanaka versus Shinya Hashimoto last night from like a zero one show. And I was just and I've wrestled Tanaka, you know, I have watched him wrestle a million times. He and it's just, you know, just really appreciating how good his footwork is. <laughs> I really was. I was like I was like watching him run across the ring. Like he has the best uh running attacks to an opponent in the corner when he does the running Absolutely. in the corner. I've like tried to do it. It's just never anywhere near as good as his. But he is like, well, Tanaka. You know, speaking of just his footwork in general, in all in all, he's he's like in my he's in my core top five. So, yeah, but like it's it's just small things that you look at when you go back and watch stuff later on with a different eye that you didn't pick up on before. 
that makes rewatching stuff so much fun. Um, so getting into your New Japan, you joined New Japan in January of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that was when I officially debuted. Um, what was that? Like, how big of a goal was that for you before it happened? Well, it was, like, bigger than ever at this point because during the pandemic, in the beginning stages of the pandemic, it was, like, not looking good at all for anything. And it was, like, the first time anything like that had happened. So, you know, in this lifetime or my lifetime or this generation. I was telling somebody the other day about um, IWTV's talent show. Because they were trying to do so many different things just to get guys paychecks when they couldn't work because of COVID. Yeah, well, yeah whatever, you know, think something like that. I, I don't know if I was involved in that, but uh, yeah, in the beginning, I mean, like in the beginning, the first few months, then, uh, you know, but but during that whole time for a while there. You won the Acid Cup, too, in that frame, didn't you? I won the Acid Cup thing, like, the day everything shut down. We were supposed to have a show that day. That was going to be a normal show. That was not good. That was going to be a normal show. So, and, and, that, and, and then uh, it all got, like, went to shit overnight. It, like, it all happened in, like, one night. It went from, like, everything is still normal and then it was like, listen, nothing is normal. This is very real, and everything needs to stop now. And that was like when we did the acid cup thing. And uh, and then after that, it wasn't like anybody did anything, or there was hardly anything until GCW. Well, for me, until GCW went and ran in Indianapolis in like May or June. Yeah, uh, I wrestled Manders outside in like Indianapolis in a park, and. Uh, it, it, I wasn't a part. I, I listen. I, I know New Japan Strong at that point had started, and I was watching it. Yeah. And I was I was a fan of it. And I remember, I remember uh, thinking to myself, like you know, at that time, like I said, we had no no one had any clue what was going to happen or whatever. And I certainly like wasn't uh, wasn't. I I had never t- t- really reached. I'd reached. I. I didn't think it would have been like a. I was like, I was basically saying to myself, "Oh my god, like this would be the best thing to happen," because there there's shows every week. You know, it looks like they're filming a lot. Then uh, they're using guys and it's that 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 they've never used before. I was just trying to like be like, "Wow, this could be like the best thing ever if I could if I could get on this show," because at that point, what was there? Everything was like kind of changing, evolving going in a different direction because of the pandemic and the not being able to run live events. Whereas like before the pandemic, I'm used to wrestling like every week. And then the, I got, I got uh, asked to do like another like closed studio show, the United wrestling network show. I started right before you joined watching like the some of those shows like i started watching the one from arizona i started watching the one from memphis i thought these were nice little indies and then you you joined bennett joined i'm like oh this is something i have to keep watching yeah well i went and did the 
you know, I, I got involved originally in that. And that was like a really big, like, oh my God, yes, finally something, something's going on here. And we're not just going to, because at one point you were like, what's it, what's going to happen? Is there ever going to be a show again? So I got asked to do that. And then not like long after that, I got asked to do uh, New Japan Strong. And um, I was just like, it, it was such a huge goal at that point because I wanted to, uh, it was like the one thing where it looked like, man, I belong in this. I could, this is something where I'll really fit in. And, you know, I had just wrestled in Japan in, in, uh, in February and I, re- and I wrestled for a couple of different companies and I loved it so much. I couldn't wait to go back. I already had plans to go back and then everything went to shit. But yeah. I had those matches WrestleMania weekend against uh, Minoru Suzuki and Shingo, and I was going to wrestle Takeda. I was just going to wrestle I'm all the. I, yeah. I was going to. I forgot. I was gonna, supposed to wrestle uh, someone else from from Big Japan. No, I was going to wrestle somebody for WXW, another Japanese guy, another great good worker, great worker, somebody. I can't remember his name. Who it was? But I had I was gonna wrestle like four different matches against me and Joey were supposed to wrestle the Great Muda. We were gonna do a tag match against the Great Muda. That got canceled. That, cool. that actually got canceled before the pandemic even happened because of stuff completely out of our control with Sonny Ono. Or that was like that was a blow. So that was like disappointment already going into the weekend because it was supposed to be a match with me and Joey versus the great Muda and tag partners. And the ideas were getting thrown around for tag partners for Muda were like Orange Cassidy, uh, Chris Statlander. Oh, that would have been wild. That would have been, that would have been so much fun. So that didn't happen, but I had all these, these matches lined up with these top, Japanese talents and it all got washed away and and but it kind of like uh started planting the seed in my mind of saying to myself like well you know if I'm wrestling these guys over here on all these you know big shows you know at the, the most important time of the year for independent wrestling it's you know maybe 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 I should reach out to New Japan or to try to talk to New Japan and I remember when I was in Japan the reception that I got from the fans, I mean, it was so overwhelmingly positive and it was so much fun and it was so real and so genuine. And I was like, damn, this is going to be, this is everything I always thought it would be and a whole lot more. And I, uh, I was at like a fan meeting event for an upcoming freedoms show where like, you know, uh, I guess like a, a fan club or a group of like the really big fans gets together with like re- the wrestlers and like the management and there's like a meet and greet there and you can sign autographs and they probably pay to get in whatever. Um, and they get to meet you and talk to you and stuff. I remember like grown women, like literally like crying. I'm not, I'm not making it up. Like the merch lines, people like, like literally looking at you like you're, you know, really someone and they're so appreciative and they're so into the wrestling and they're so like legit about it. And I remember at that event thing on the TV was New Japan Pro Wrestling playing. And I remember like thinking to myself, like while it was all going on, like, man, like they feel this way about you now. Like if you wrestle with New Japan Pro Wrestling, they're probably going to, you're going to probably be a 
big deal over here. So I was like, yeah. I was like, I think I should probably start looking in that direction, you know? <laughs> I don't know. So you came in as part of Team Filthy and your first ma- your first one-on-one match, because your first match was a, t- a six-man tag against Brody King and the Rigel Twins. So your first one-on-one match was with Rocky Romero. How much, because of, obviously Rocky Romero is a key figure in New Japan Strong when it comes to getting it on air and making the brand happen. How much, how hands-on is Rocky and what was it like working with him in the room? Well, it's like, it's tremendous because Rocky is one of my favorite wrestlers with watching from when I was coming up in indie wrestling as a fan, just watching it. And like, you know, he was a part of a lot of stuff that I was really like into. So I want to wrestle Rocky as it is regardless. But now, you know, I'm in a position where I'm, I, I have to prove myself to him and he's a, you know, you know, talk about gatekeepers. I don't know if that's like the proper word, but he's a, He's been with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's had a prolific career with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is so decorated. I mean, he is, he got, I mean, he's, he is one of the Black Tigers. I mean, this, he's, he's, you know, a guy that I admire so much because he's just done things his way. And, uh, you know, bit of an unconventional route and it's awesome. I love every second of it. So yeah, I got a lot to prove to him, you know, prove and that. And then the same sense, it's I'm proving to the company that I belong there. So that was a, that was a big match for me. Every match in new Japan strong that we did in that building where there was no fans. And sometimes there was no commentary either. Sometimes Kevin Kelly or, you know, Kozlov, they wouldn't be there. So, and they would, I guess, do it after. So you could literally hear a pin drop in that room, you know. You have to, you have to, you have to harness so much energy. You have to bring so much more out of yourself in that environment where there's nothing else but you and the cameras. And you, you have to get through that, that camera to, to, to reach those people watching through the screen. And you don't have the, you don't have the the luxury. You don't have the the you don't have the audience to really build those cues around and stuff. And you know, I cherish everything, every match from that that time there because it was so raw and so real, especially to me because I felt like I was fighting for my life at that point. It was like the biggest opportunity I could have ever gotten at a time when <clears throat> I needed it more than anything in the world because everything is uncertain. The pandemic is insane, and we don't—we have no clue if they'll ever even be a live show. That's when people were like, you know, really like, yeah, man, they'll probably never even be sports again. Oh my god! So it was—it was like a scary time, and uh, I, I couldn't have been in there with a better person, honestly, than Rocky. So that, that match meant a lot to me. It's a very fun match too. So eventually, you would get to work with the guy you've mentioned already on the podcast, Yuji Nagata. Oh, right God, before yeah. his match with John Moxley on Dynamite, you teamed with the former AEW and WWE champion to wrestle Yuji and Rey Narita. 
How did that come up? Really, it was simple. I think I, I was just, I'm just a natural fit. Uh, you know, John wanted me as his partner for the match, and and that's how it went down. Uh, so that was a big opportunity for me to step in there and, you know, get to mix it up with Ren. Again, I love, I love mixing it up with Ren. Um, but I got to obviously share the ring with, with Yuji Nagata, who was like one of my, he is one of my all time favorites. I know I'm like not shy about being a mark. Sometimes I'm like, am I too much of a mark or like, you know, but we're all marks. We wouldn't be here if we weren't. Yeah, I know. But a lot of, I wonder if guys in the business are always like, oh man, he's such a fucking mark. Uh, but yeah, I, I love, I love Nagata. He's, he's, and he's a tremendous guy too. He's such a cool dude. And, uh, yeah, I got to I got to fucking trade blows with Yuji Nagata. That was that was amazing. Thank thank you, New Japan for wrestling. Thanks, John. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But at that point, I was uh, I was I was crushing it on strong. You know, I was it was it was I was in the in the throes of my of my run there. I guess like kind of just going to Oxnard and taking names and kicking ass. I guess so. It was it was only right to put the daddy in there. <laughs> I go whatever, man. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun. Speaking of guys like Red Narita, yeah, you didn't come through traditionally because I was talking with Carl Fredericks earlier today about uh, on a on a broadcast that will probably air by the time this one comes out for the first episode of the series about um, the young lions and how difficult the LA dojo can be. You, as far as I know, didn't go that route. Was there any tension there because you you were an outsider that came in already established? Oh, uh, I don't know. I I don't know. And if there was, I never, I never like felt the heat. I'm not worried about you know what other guys think about me. And I and to be honest, I was like speaking of Carl, I was friendly with Carl before I ever even met him. You know, and. uh and and, yeah. and 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 I loved that show as a fan before I was even a part of it. I, I didn't even just, you know, when the show first came out, I was like pumped just to be watching it and being introduced myself more to some of these guys that were uh, that were in the dojo and what they had been doing. And I was like, shit, there's some really good dudes out there. And I had, you know, yeah. didn't know how good the, some of these guys were. And then, and then, you know, Listen, man. If anything, I'm jealous of them because of the the training and the the fact that they they have Shibata, you know, and they've had Shibata is you know exclusively as they've had him, and how much they've been able to learn yeah. from that guy and pick his brain. Because all the times when I was around him, when 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 we were there, or and whenever I get to see him, I'm I'm the first one that wants to like wants to pick his brain or you know, talk to him about anything or BS with him. So the fact that he worked with those guys so extensively and trained them and re reprogrammed them, or like I know in Alex's case, like he really, Alex is like his baby. And uh, he's just done so much great work with these guys. And they're all such tremendous uh, professional wrestlers, even like, you know, and the stage where they're, they're still considered a young lion. They're so fundamentally sound, such great shape. Everybody's athletic. Everybody's just a stud. Everybody's a nice guy. I, 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 the, I started to, I never looked at those guys as like competition. 
or like you're saying, well, do you think there was, if there was, it wasn't from me. I look at, I look at us there as a team, you know, I look at us there as a team because that's what it felt like. You know, we all want the same yeah. thing. We all want to go and wrestle in Japan again. That's, that's, that's for one thing, but we can't. And it's out of our control and it's out of the company's control, but we have this, we have, we have this, these tapings, we have whatever this is, and we're building whatever this is, and we're going to make whatever this is something. That's the attitude, you know, that I always felt like was going around there. And what that does is, is that builds camaraderie. It's because you all had something taken away from you that you all want. And now you're and all basically like, you know, you all got to push to, you know, wave this flag over here. This is NJPW strong. All right. This is strong. This is what we do over here. And you got guys over there, and, and trust me, Shibata wouldn't pick these guys if they weren't studs or if they weren't, like, going to be, you know, rock-solid parts of the team. This guy obviously has an idea of how to build, like, a good crew, a good stable of, of wrestlers. He's he's Shibata. He's from Japanese wrestling from the ground up. His father was involved in the, in the business. So couldn't can't think of a better coach, and you can't think of a better group of guys to, like, you know, call a team. And I'm just like happy to be a part of the team, man. That's how I look at it. You know, it, it's a collective effort, and uh, and it's uh, it's become something very special, obviously to me. And I'm just glad that there's a lot of people out there that that are following it and and are, you know, and it, and it and they're into it. Especially when you hear you hear about it in Japan, it's apparently it's apparently pretty over. And um, it's a big deal. Yeah, and 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 to see myself, like you know. In uh, in like New Japan, uh, you know, books and stuff like that, and got a whole page of my biography with an interview in it, and they're they're publishing this stuff, and um, I'm involved in this stuff. It's just uh, for for what for for what we can't do because we can't go there right now, and and this the way that they've handled this. I mean, for me personally, I loved every second of it. You know, I couldn't I couldn't think of a of anything better. And I feel like it was the catalyst of so many good things that, that happened to me over the course of the last, like, you know, year and a half, two years yeah. when everything could have went South because of the pandemic, you know, this was just one of the most majorly positive, amazing things that could happen to me in my life at this point where it was like, things were so uncertain. So, you know, I, I, I love all, all those guys like so much, you know, Kayfabe, obviously we, we beat each other up and stuff, but you got you got some good brothers over there. And earlier today, you mentioned seeing yourself in all the magazines. You, well, we recorded this on the eleventh for reference for whoever, whoever ends up listening to this. Earlier today, you tweeted. Earlier tonight, you tweeted out a picture of you and uh, Minoru Suzuki in a magazine. Mm. Yeah, somebody sent that to me because I, you know, it sucks. But back in the day. Shit, I could go right up the street to a, you know, a drugstore and see all the wrestling magazines. But now you can't find a wrestling magazine anywhere. Somebody found that PWI, I guess, in like a Walmart. I don't know where they saw it. And they took a picture of it and sent it to me. I had no idea that the, my picture was the big one with him. But that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, it is cool. Eventually. Just, used to collect Pro Wrestling Illustrated. <laughs> Somebody needs to send you a copy of that one, man. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. Um, eventually, you would turn on Team Filthy, and you, at Collision, would challenge Fil uh, Filthy Tom Lawler. 
for the Strong Up Aware Championship. Before I get there, Filthy Tom and the Dirty Daddy is a match made in heaven. We've had a few, you know. Me and me and Tom. Tom is, uh, you know, t- Tom's got his thing going on with Team Filthy. But even before Team Filthy, we've had a few, uh, you know, singles matches, and he's one of uh, the, my toughest opponents for sure. <laughs> like me and him have had some. We've had some wars, and we've also teamed. We've teamed before too, not in, outside of New Japan. So, yeah. Uh, me and him. Jarvis and Butcher and Blade a limitless show, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was a limitless show. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So I know y'all worked to... on a Beyond show against each other. Yes, that was uh, in two thousand and nineteen. That was uh, that was that match was great. That was on uncharted territory. I, I that was a really tough match. I had like a lot of great singles opponents. Leading up to me wrestling Dalsuke Sakamoto, a lot of great guys came and, and we did we did matches every week on uncharted territory. And I remember my match with Tom Lawler was very tough. All right, let's fin- let's finish this interview, brother. Yeah, you had previous matches with Tom Lawler. Yeah, did you take anything specific you learned about him from those matches and? Put it into your game plan for this match. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. You I mean if you're if you're not doing that, then you're uh, you're you're not doing your job. What were your thoughts on this match? Um, how do you plan to rebound as time goes on to get back into the championship picture? I feel like I had the match going exactly where I wanted. And then, of course, you know, Limelight jump on the apron. Kratos got to come out and break balls. And then Brody at least watching my back, and I popped Limelight. But still, like, that's just that's Lawler style now. He's just he's he's just into these shenanigans. He loves this, this team filthy shit, you know. It's, but what are you going to do? He's a great athlete. I'm you 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 take 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 limelight out take all these these jabronis out the the Royces and the the Roy Ramseys you you take them and you put them get rid of them put us in a cage put us in a cage that would be a fight put us in a cage you mentioned you know hey dude listen I almost. I was the first challenger for the belt, and I almost had his ass dead to rights. Me and Brody, we were just one second away from winning that tag tournament. You know, just, just, just right there. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I, I, I don't know title contention. You mentioned I mean, right now, um, I can't do shit, but you know, I, I'll be back. Wait, do you do you have a timetable on when you'll potentially be back? I do, I do, I do. But you know, it also depends on uh, you know how the period goes in between from now and then, and how and how how everything just keeps going up. You know, because as long as everything just keeps improving at the rate that it's improving, then I think everything should be fine. But 
I'm not going to be like ridiculous about it if, if I'm not exactly where I want to be when the time comes, but I do have a timetable. So you mentioned teaming with Brody King and New Japan. That you recently, you recently took your last match, as far as I can tell, was strong. You teamed with King to take on Mysterioso and Bateman at Battle in the Valley. Um, you had teamed with Brody King previously and other promotions. What was it like bringing that team to New Japan for the first time? Well, to be fair, our like tag team run as a tag team was I on New Japan for New Japan Strong and the turn the tag team t- t- turmoil tournament, and uh, and we we teamed in Ring of Honor. We have, but I think we did like the most of our tagging like in New Japan. Really like developed our stuff as a tag team in New Japan. Um, so I think it's more like it was kind of like we I can't, we, we teamed a bunch at Ring of Honor too. But I just remember that little run there, at New Japan, and then obviously we were t- we we're going to continue tagging, and uh, and then I got hurt in a tag match that we were in. So. So, New Japan Strong has been very good for you, and that's awesome to hear. Is there any way for fans to buy awesome merchandise like this shirt to support you? That's that's a nice one. Thank you. Thank you for – thank you. Uh, I do have a a pro wrestling tease. Um, You could go go on there and purchase a shirt. I got to put some new stuff on there. I barely ever use it, but, you know, it's just uh, because I I sell more. I do, like, those merch drops with people, and then they, you know, try to sell them. I'll have shirts, actually, this Friday at this Catalyst show in New York City. It'll be in Brooklyn. I'll be signing autographs, selling some shirts there, selling some merchandise. Um, Well, you can buy my shirt off on Tokon Shop Global. That would be that would be a good choice. I'm sure on there you can go check out, um, and uh, yeah, and uh, who else got my got stuff going right now? Oh, there's a couple. There's gotta be something else on there. I can't think right now. But yeah, just gave you the. Where can we? Where can we find you on social media for those listeners who don't follow you yet currently? Uh, you could follow me on Twitter. It's um, at Dirty Dickinson, and on. Instagram at born dirty die dirty. So, and for me, you can follow me on Twitter at the James. You can follow Body Slam at bodyslam.net. Is there anything else you would want to potentially add before we wrap this up? Uh, thank you for all the support, everyone out there that has uh, donated or sent me a message and just been so kind to me over the last couple months. It definitely does not go unrecognized. I see, I see it all, and I appreciate it. So thank you all so much. Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for coming on and being very gracious with your time, being very generous with your answers. It's been a great interview. I appreciate you coming on. I think everybody here appreciate, listening appreciates you. Um, for, for that, that is our second episode of the New Japan Strong Series. I am the Jameis. That is the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, 
Peace. Peace out, guys.